and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the treacherous Matt. Hello there. Well then, Matt. What a, you know, what a story we've got this week. Uh, We're talking about The Lost Boy, the season finale of Series 1 of the Sarah Jane Adventures this week. Series 1 we hardly knew. Yeah, it's gone by quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so I'm sure we will have things to to talk about with that in due course. Um, But before we get there, Matt, I just want to... I just want to check. Are you, are you keeping hydrated? It's bloody warm, isn't it? It's been it's warm today. It's a little today. bit hot today. Yeah, we are recording this on uh, Monday evening uh, before this goes out uh, in the midst of the much vaunted heat wave. Um, and I guess you just had to kind of go into work like normal. Yeah, but <laughs> and just has it really been that hot? Like, it's been hot, but like... If no one said there was a heat wave, you'd just think it was a hot day, wouldn't you? Uh, possibly where we are. I think we have the luxury of not being in a particularly built-up area, um, which, you know, does tend to exacerbate these things. H- having said that, it- it's been hard for me to gauge because I went all in on preparedness. Uh, working from home today, uh, I... I took the liberty of purloining the uh, blackout blind, which uh, we usually have in little Zorb's room uh, to help him on these sunny evenings when we're trying to get him to sleep. Um, so I, I basically popped that on my uh, windows of, of my room where I work and closed the curtains. And I've just been like a mole man all day. <laughs> You're a regular Sue <laughs> just... Radley, aren't you? Yeah, just hiding from the sun. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it. Honestly, it's kind of messed with my my perception of time and heat and everything. Wow. Um, but yeah, when I, when I when I stepped outside for a bit earlier, I was like, well, it's certainly uncomfortably warm, but I but I am a fat hairy man, so it doesn't take much for me to be un, you know uncomfortably hot. Uh, see, yesterday I went out day drinking in York and yeah. sat down about one o'clock and I thought, flipping heck, it's warm. And mm. then I just thought, well, the sun will be going down. It's only going to cool off, isn't it? And it just never came. It was just like mm-hmm. hot at bedtime. Yeah, that's oh, it, honestly, the nights are the worst at the moment. Um. Uh, I won't. I won't go into graphic detail. You can. You can uh, paint that picture yourself, listeners, if you're so inclined. But <laughs> it's been unpleasant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it, yeah, I'm. I'm still sat in the same room now, and basically the 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 the, the light in this room just hasn't changed all day. I've basically been working off the same sort of lamp above my desk. All day, so I'm 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 thoroughly discombobulated. What's the um, uh, What's the fashion situation like? Oh, um, I am wearing a faded Doctor Strange T-shirt uh, <laughs> and some boxers. Yeah, I've that got boxers and robe, like Ooh. dressing gown robe over me. Very fancy. 
Very fancy. Um, oh, speaking of Doctor Strange, I've caught up on uh, Multiverse of Madness, and that, uh, I d I'm not wearing this just so I could awkwardly segue into that, but uh, yeah, what worth mentioning. Think? I think I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's one you have but, to dwell on, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, but that's to its credit, I think. I think it. I mean. I'm not. This is not an original observation, but my God, what a Sam Raimi film it is! Yeah. Like, it's more a Sam Raimi film than it is a, a Doctor Strange film in some ways. Um, and I'm not massively familiar with his oeuvre, but I know enough about his directorial style that I was immediately like, oh right, yeah, I get this. And it has got me thinking like, I maybe need to get over my aversion to horror and give the Evil Dead series a go. Yeah, because skip the, skip I the was first so one. tickled by it. The, yeah. sec the second uh, one's basically a remake of the first one. Right, okay. So I could just go in cold yeah. on that. Watch two and three. Right. Right. Yeah, because I, I, I did enjoy the sort of, um, t I guess, tongue-in-cheek horror mm. of it. I mean, I mean the, the, the denouement. Uh, I guess spoilers. Can we can we briefly spoil? Skip ahead a few minutes if you if you've not caught up with the with this one, listeners, and and you're curious to find out about it because I'm spoiling the finale here. But that whole, um fine finale of, of him inhabiting the corpse of the Doctor Strange from the other universe was just such a mad, audacious thing to do um, in a in a Marvel movie. Um, what, that I was like, yeah, I know, I think I love this. What, what did you think of the music fight? Ah, oh, glorious, glorious. I mean, that's just my jam anyway. You know, that's my kind of weird to begin with. I, I, I'd like, I'd liked this, this, the, the film's approach to magic. And it's just like, yeah, we're just going to do weird shit and we're not going to explain it. He's a magic man. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I liked, yeah, I liked a lot of the elements of it. I guess the thing that had me, it was just the fact that it was, so, the horror vibes are so strong at times that I'm always like, is this pushing the envelope too far in that direction for what I've previously considered to be, you know, a, a franchise for your 10 and ups kind of thing? Because I would not be showing this, this that film to a 10-year-old. Yeah. You know, Black Bolt's death is something that I shall never unsee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so as someone who's, you know, admittedly... I I don't I don't have a taste for strong horror. You know, I like I like creepy horror and supernatural horror and um you know gothic cosmic that you know that kind of thing, but I'm not in it for like, you know, out and out gore. And uh <clears throat> it managed to skirt that line you know, right to the very edge, I thought. Um See, Which is interesting. Last week I went to go watch Thor, Love and Thunder. Yes. And I, I won't give anything away because you've not seen it and the listeners might not mm. have seen it. But I think it went 
as close to the line as being really silly as I would want it to. Yeah, like th- this is this is as this is as, as uh, Tyke and Whitty as I want my films to be. No more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think, like I say, I think that's good. I think it's it's nice to see Marvel letting its direct their directors have a slightly longer lead, maybe. Yeah. To to kind of put their own stamp on things. Um so yeah, I I'm I am trying. I've got an opportunity to hopefully see Thor in the next couple of weeks. So I'm desperately trying to to fill all the gaps prior to that. So I've I've ticked Doctor Strange off the list. I've just started on Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um and then I've got Ms. Marvel, which I'm very much looking forward to. I, I, I'm just waiting. I, I break up for summer at the end of this week. I'm going to watch all of Ms. Marvel. I'm going to watch all the boys. I'm going to watch everything in one big sitting. Yeah. Watch all of uh, Series 1 of Torchwood in one big sitting if you want. Get ahead for the pod. Oh, I forgot that's coming up. <laughs> no, David. No. <laughs> you agreed to it. Yeah. We had a conversation. We did. This this was the outcome of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, but more of that next week. Yes, indeed. Let's not get ahead of ourselves too much. Um, so, yeah. Um, this, is the, this is the point in the podcast where I would normally awkwardly move us into the A to Z segment. Well. But. Yeah. It's dead. It's gone. It's dead. It's done. Can, we finished can, it. Can I drop a little bit of A to Z gossip in there? Oh, of course, yeah. So, last night, I finalised the full long-cut edit of the A to Z. Right, yeah. All five hours, 40 minutes of it. <laughs> Good Lord. And what I've done is, I've done three little episodes so they're about an hour and a half each they'll probably be like our Christmas specials when we don't want to do uh-huh. any work but then yeah. in amongst the big five hour edit that we'll release yeah. um, just somewhere in it I've added a quiz question David Ooh. so it could be at the beginning it could be at the end but whoever the first person to correctly answer that question is Gains immediate entry into the Marty McLean Hall of Fame. Oh, so to now prove there's an interesting they've challenge. listened to all five and a half hours, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a timestamp. I'm not going to give you a clue. Like I say, it could be right at the beginning, could be right at the end. That's amazing. I, yeah. I, I really hope somebody does it. Yeah. So there we go. So... I don't know. I don't think that one will be the Christmas Day episode. It could be. I don't know. Uh, no, I've, I've got. I've got something a little bit special planned for Christmas Day, but you know. Oh great! We don't need to tell the listeners about that just yet. No. no. Um. So then, um, no A to Z. We we probably need. I mean, to be honest, Matt, we probably should have had this discussion off pod, but um, we kind of maybe need to come up with a new segment. Yeah, um, I, I did think of uh, one, but I, I haven't put uh, any effort into it. Right, what was your thought? Um, 
Well, let me. I appreciate we're re, we're recording, and I might have to edit yeah. this out. But uh, let me just. I'll Google it, and we can give it a test run. Okay. I mean, whilst you're doing that, I can tell you my thought. Go on. Uh, well, obviously, the listeners keep clamouring for meal of the week, but we've been very clear that's not coming back. You know, we will not be. Uh, we 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 will not be. Uh, this is is not open to negotiation. Yeah. Meal of the week is not returning, but I thought perhaps to placate them, we could do wheel of the meek. Okay. I like this. Yeah. Uh, I haven't got further than the title. Okay. <laughs> so I'm open open to suggestions for what wheel of the meek might actually entail. Um, any ideas, Matt? Um, uh, we we'll just take some people who don't have strong characters and I'll put them down a hill <laughs> in a barrel. <laughs> so sort of like the uh, the Gloucester Cheese Rolling Festival, but specifically with. With with weak people, so so essentially, what you describe what we're describing there is just bullying, isn't it? <laughs> it's not beat around the bush. Um, it could be. Oh, you could because I'm picturing like a spinner wheel, you know, like a like a roulette wheel, or what's the like a wheel of fortune, kind of thing. Um, how can you tie it into Doctor Who? Maybe, maybe we 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 tackle a monster and 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 you 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 tell ah uh, we could like top trump style give them a rating. Yeah, of, and we're just like see. I thought one of the things we could do is get. Like yep. really odd people, like uh-huh. people outliers in society, like our listeners. Yeah, and <laughs> you know maybe interview them and see what they're all about as people, mm-hmm. and we could call it "Feel of the Freak." <laughs> right, David. Here's my game. Okay. Okay. Now, you you might need to help me with this first one. Okay. Right. Because I've put no forward planning in it. I just thought of it earlier and then I've been busy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, we'll start at the beginning. A very good place to start. I'm going to yep. start, David, on the 23rd of November, 1963. Okay. Anything special about that date for you? Uh, that, I believe, was the broadcast date for the first episode of Doctor Who. So we're going all the way back to 1963, David. I'm going to give you a series of events from that year. Okay. And I want you to tell me whether they were before or after the broadcast of An Unearthly Child. All right, okay, yeah. Okay. So next week I might pick, I don't know, The Twin Dilemma, and we'll do a year from the 80s, something like that. Okay, cool. Right, so David... In 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his I Have a Dream speech. Was that before or after 
an unearthly child? I'm going to say before. It was before. That was August 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, Just because there were lots of people outside, and I don't think many people would be wanting to do that in... Uh, like, when I think of the footage, I don't think of people just, like, in, in hats and scarves. No. Um, no. So, yeah. What about the Kennedy assassination? Again, I'm going to say that's probably before. Um, but Oh, in fact, I know it was before, um, but, but barely. Yeah, it was the day before. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of these are just things I don't know what. All right, when did Kenya gain independence from the United Kingdom? I don't know. Oh, now, you see... The one potential flaw of this game is uh, if you're looking at things that specifically happened in 1963, they will have had to have basically only occurred in December. Yeah. In order to to, to be after. So um, it's not quite a coin flip. You know, statistics are on my side if I say before. Uh, but just to be contrary, I am going to say after. That was after. For Kenya. Yeah, I'm going to pick some oh, mid-year yes. ones, I think. Uh, when Do you think the actor Mike Myers, the voice of Shrek, was born mm. before or after the airing uh, well, of an unearthly after. I've, again, I've no idea. I'm going to say, I'll say before. It was before. David, I don't really like this game. I don't think we're going to play it again <laughs> next week. <laughs> Wheel of the Meek it is, then. Yeah. Yeah. Wheel of the Meek. I could workshop that. I could workshop that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll have to have a think. Um, like, do we need another segment? <laughs> well, I would argue we don't, but it, it's become common practice. You know, I, I've yeah. I've I've said many times I I'm perfectly comfortable with us having shorter episodes. But uh... I, how what I might do next week then, since we're watching Torchwood, mm. I might pick the episode of Torchwood we're doing and do before or after in the year. Ah, uh, it's a game that's better in my head than it is in execution, really, isn't it? <laughs> I think it just needs some tweaking. Right. Maybe if you just do within a within. If you look six months prior and six months after, so mm. the date is is happening at the dead center point, and then I can't just game it in such a way. Yeah, that... I'll give you three events, one of which is an episode of Doctor Who, and you've got to put them in order. Ah, uh, that could work. That might be good. Um, again, I, right, I feel like I think we should spend more time together off pod. Like, <laughs> like. Should we have a meeting that we don't record and release as an episode? Oh, you know the listeners would want to hear it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel, you know, they, they, to, to use your phrase, they love seeing how the sausage is made. They do. But they in do. this case, it's not don't really sausage, is it? It's like tripe. <laughs> it is. It's quality tripe, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. tripe from a, from from a local family butchers. You, you know what we could always do. What's that? We could always do end the podcast. 
Oh, it's always an option, David. <laughs> just pull the plug. Yeah. Midway through series one of Torchwood. Just like, you know what? No, I did off of this. I, I was going to say, we could always do the second ever definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. <laughs> Let's keep that in our back pockets for now. But I guess that is always a possibility. We could do Would I Lie to Who? I know that was a particular one that you really hated. I just struggled after a while to yeah. come up with good stuff for it. Um, what what look, else have we done? Just... We're definitely not doing Meal of the Week. Wheelie Big no. Quiz is months away. Like, yeah. this is our barren spell. Yeah, I think we're allowed that once in a while. No, because then we'll get, okay. we'll get desperate like all content creators and we'll start eating chilies. <laughs> I think we crossed that line a long time ago. Yeah, pint of beans. Uh, Right, right, okay then. Uh, Matt, shall we move on to a segment that we do have and is a regular feature, Uh, namely, have I got who's for you? Oh, I'm always keen for this, Right, so I'm booting up searchwise.net. We've got a lot of grim headlines that just happen to have the uh, phrase Doctor Who in it, um, but are just referring to, you know, a medical practitioner who's committed some form of malpractice and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Ah, British pop star Lily Allen to make TV debut in Sky's Dreamland alongside Doctor... Oh, okay, so it's just... It's just Lily Allen and Freema Agyeman, uh, uh, Agyeman, I believe it's pronounced, uh, are, are in something. So that's nice for them. Um, Metro are going with uh, Christopher Eccleston shares love for Shooty Gatma in rare reference to role. So he will have just sort of posted something on Instagram or something. It's not exciting, is it? Um... comic book uh, going with new Doctor Who game announced. I've not heard about this. Do you want to go with that, Matt? Yeah. It's not going to be good, is it? They never are, David. They never are. Ooh. Well, actually, you say that. I believe this might be a board game because it's it's uh, says Gale Force 9, okay, who yeah, yeah. have published a... F- uh, a few uh, Doctor Who board games, uh, most notably time, time of the Daleks, which I'm actually quite a big fan of. Not that I get to play it very often. Um, they've announced a new Doctor Who game that will let players take control of the Doctor's greatest villains. Doctor Who Nemesis is a new board game in which players take control of one of four different iconic Doctor Who villains. What are your guesses? Can you list all four? Dalek. Yep. Cyberman. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be the master. It'll be Weeping Angels. Yeah. And hold on. Let me let me genuinely think about this. You got three out of four so far. Yeah. I don't think it'll be the master. 
it'll be one that's more because the master's just a man, isn't it? It'll be something that you can see. My brain wants to say Slitheen, but that's because we've just seen the Slitheen. I <laughs> think it'll be a Zygon, maybe. Oh, that would be interesting. I think we might have to save the Zygon for an expansion. Ice Warrior. The, the answer, the answer is the Master. Oh, really? It was. They're doing the Master plus Dalek, Cyberman, and Weeping Angel. Which Master? So, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe all. The goal of the game is to conquer all of time and space before the other players by compete, completing the win condition of a scheme card in play. Not only will players have to contend with the Doctor and other Time Lords interfering, they'll also have to deal with the interference of other villains. Each villain has their own board with their own abilities, powers and minions to control. Based on the basic description of Doctor Who Nemesis, the new tabletop game sounds a bit like Ravensburger's villainous franchise of games, which I'm not familiar with. I think I've played the Disney one. Mm. I think What's that like? Oh, it was okay. I vaguely remember. Yeah. Odd premise. I'm going to be honest. Odd premise for a, for a Doctor Who board game. I, having said that, I do like Gale Force 9's uh, Time of the Daleks. That is a fun game. Um, we should play that sometime, Matt. Yeah, we maybe could. We'll get the references it, it would mean we'd have to see each other in person. <laughs> I don't know quite what I've done to offend you, but you don't seem to like that as much as you used to. <laughs> uh, um... So what? Um, there you go. Yeah, and a new yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I wonder. Uh, you know, GF Nine are just going to keep squeezing that license for all it's worth. I guess they did one uh, not too long ago as well. That was a uh, Weeping Angels one, which I was intrigued about picking up. Um, which I think is like an asymmetrical. One one person is is controlling the, the Weeping Angels, and the others are control controlling player characters mm -hmm. uh they look quite fun but It'd be worth a look yeah yeah now uh, one, any, one anyway. thing i did want to say david yeah is in doctor strange multiverse of madness it turns out wanda's mm. the bad guy um oh, I yes. know you said uh, fast forward a few minutes to avoid spoilers well you ain't avoiding this i ruin every film <laughs> To be fair, I think most people are aware. I was aware of that yeah, going in. Yeah, it's got Charles it Xavier in it. It's got Reed Richards in it. There we go. Yeah, I spoil everything, David. But not for very long. No, in both cases. No. Um, I'm trying uh, to think what else I've got in my notes. Um, yeah. Do you want to say hello, but also goodbye to Luke from Who Can Convince You, David? He's gone off on his travels. Oh, hello and goodbye, Luke. Yeah. Um, Safe journey. Yeah, he's going around to Europe. I thought it'd be nice to yeah, wish him that'd well. Be nice for him. Yeah. I know you're fond of him. <laughs> yes, but we're incredibly close. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know. If <laughs> As I'm... I am with so many people. How, how's your week um, been? We've we've not done that. We just moaned about how hot uh, it is. Because David, yeah, I'm going to um, warn you in advance. Don't turn your webcam on. I've derobed. <laughs> we've hit that point yeah um 
largely uneventful. Had a barbecue around my mum's on Saturday. That was nice. That, was lo- that sounds lovely. Played Clank with my brother. Okay. And absolutely thrashed him. I... 104 points to his 49. We had It's very unusual our... for him. He completely went to pieces. We had our <laughs> uh, Sorry. department end of year do this weekend mm-hmm. where we hired like a little cabin up in the woods and just basically went, got drunk and had a barbecue. But we played a full game of Werewolf of Miller's Hollow. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant with so many people. Everyone, yeah. everyone drunk I mean, and suspicious of one another. <laughs> I, I do enjoy those kinds of games, but it's so rare that I have enough people in one place yeah. to play them, uh, the sort of social deduction type games. Yeah. Um, Other but... than that, I don't think I've really been up to much. Mm, yeah. It's too hot to do anything, isn't it? Yeah. It's the problem. Have we mentioned how hot it is? I don't think we, we have. We should we should make that clear to the listeners. It, it's it's quite hot today. So if to be fair, if we seem like we're off our game, just bear in mind that our brains are melting out of our ears right now. Yeah. Like I'm literally cooking like a roast chicken. Like my skin's got <laughs> crispy, David. It smells amazing. <laughs> Uh, right, okay, come on. Let's talk about The Lost Boy. Did we get any uh, listener tweets for it? Um, I can't actually remember. I don't even know if I put a message out. Hold on. <laughs> Did anyone care? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if nobody had anything to say about it. I certainly don't. Oh, yeah, we had some messages. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Harry from Who Can Convince You, David, says... Mm-hmm. Um, he quite often sends off-topic questions just whilst I'm finding the other tweets. So if I gave you £1 million, what would you do with it? Don't be boring and say give it to charity. So what are you doing with a million pounds? A million pounds? Um, uh, I don't know. The, the, the obvious, genuine, boring answer is, is buy a house because, uh, boy, oh, boy, am I sick of renting the age of 35 um, but um in terms of more frivolous stuff i would probably get into vinyl yeah like gimp suits and stuff <laughs> like bdsm lps isn't that what they call pétoir in spain <laughs> Oh, I'm on a roll. <laughs> I just, yeah, I despair. Right, okay. <laughs> right. Moving on, back. Do you want some serious tweets? All right, then. Right. The first tweet comes from the Cloyster Bell podcast. Say hello, David. Hello. I was listening to the Cloyster Bell today as they were reviewing Legend of the Sea Devils. Your favourite episode, did- David. What did they make of it? Um, I haven't actually got to that part of their episode. I'll probably, <laughs> probably listen to it once we're finished. Uh-huh. I was sneaking like five minutes here and there whilst I was at work. Okay. So the Cloister Bell says, Don't forget to add to your schedule in between series two and three. There's the comic relief episode 
from Raxacorico Falpatorius with love. It's on YouTube. Oh, great. But otherwise, it's only available as hidden Easter eggs on the DVDs. Boo. Right. Okay, fine. We'll do that. We'll get around to that. Just want to want more Slitheen. Yeah. Um, then we got a message from the Nerdstalgic podcast. I think first time we've heard from them. Say hello, David. Ah. Uh, greetings, Nerdstalgic podcast. Um, and they were they asked, did we ever do an episode on the audio adventures? And then there's a the long stream of messages where we say no. <laughs> no, we haven't officially done any yet. Um, but I, I do have an announcement about how that may be about to change. Ah, oh, I have. I did all those Lady Christina ones. Oh, yeah, you did. You did those off your own bat. In the canon of our pod, I've done more uh, Big Finish than you have. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, James Courtney maintains his favourite joke of saying, it's a sympathetic portrayal of a child Raxacorico-Falpatorian that Sarah Jane tried to murder. (laughs) And then he tries to start the A to Z again by saying, AA is for Anthony Ainley. Just let it go, uh, James. Like, are, are we too cutthroat, David? Because, like, we're pretty good at just finishing things and then just like, no, it's done. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, we got a message from the Married to Who podcast with a suggestion, David. Oh, what's that? They said, can we bring back non-Doctor Who television highlight of the week? Uh, I guess we kind of did. Talked about Doctor Strange. Yeah. Oh, I was watching that on the telly. I haven't watched much else on the on, on the telly this week, to be honest. Um, I've... I me and, me and my partner watch it. It's, it's good background telly. Um, uh, a Netflix show called Somebody Eat Phil. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm going to retake that. Somebody Feed Phil. Okay. Um, I, it's basically... It's the... The creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, who is not not a show I've ever bothered watching, um, but he just goes to a different city around the world every week and just eats food, right. talks about it, um, and yeah, it's it's like I say, it's good background telly because he's a very affable on screen presence, and the thing that I really appreciate about appreciate about it is he doesn't just go to fancy restaurants like he. He's trying local street food and, and stuff like that as well. Um, the episode they did where they were in London, he's literally like sat on a on a bench uh, next to a major road eating fish and chips with um, uh, his sort of British companion for that bit, um, just from a local chippy, which is good. You know, that's right and proper. That's how fish and chips should be eaten. See, it's not a TV highlight, but I've been watching a YouTube channel. It's a guy called Colin Furs, who right. he, he does a lot of like mad engineering things. <clears throat> so like he just right. built a hovercraft for himself and stuff like that. Mm. But he uh, he also I've been watching a series he's been doing where he's built a bunker under his house, like he's fully excavated his entire <laughs> garden, but from wow. below. So his neighbours had no idea he'd done it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's built a That's tunnel impressive. from his house down to his garage and then his garage off to a little bunker. Excellent. And one of those things that I got weirdly 
like caught up in. I'll tell you what my what my um favorite uh YouTube uh, it's quite different but but similarly bonkers is uh a chap called Bart Hopkin who just invents his own musical instruments. Just you know experiments with with all kinds of and they they all look extremely homemade um and make fantastically weird noises um but yeah i i could watch his videos all day yeah i watch one called so shock time for you. that's all about wood turning that's a good one um i watch a guy uh, called Barry that's probably Lewis. enough for this week should we should we not just talk about every channel on youtube um, <laughs> we we can tick them all off in an episode, I'm sure. Yeah, like we we can talk about Poody Pie. Yeah. Um, uh, we of course do need to mention Harry's music musings. Oh yeah, that's that's that is the that is peak YouTube. That's the best one. It really is. Yeah. Right, but then Married um, to Who also workshop and brainstorm a few ideas with Sonia. Uh, mm-hmm. And they've come up with the idea where every week I text my mum and find out what her non-Doctor Who TV highlight of the week is. Oh, um, I'd, I'd be curious about that. Yeah, should I just put a message into my family WhatsApp group and anyone watching anything good yeah. on telly and let's see what comes up. I mean, to be honest, if you want to rope your mum in as, as, as a regular co-host, that's fine by me. No, no. Have to get a, t- get a take on... Uh, on this week's episode of Sarah Jane Adventures. Right, I've put it in my family WhatsApp group, anything good on TV. And let's see. Oh, I've got a TV highlight of the week. David, oh, you got David one. I've got one. Right? Okay. This Saturday, just gone, you know, on ITV, they do the big game show, whatever it's called, where they revisit classic game shows of TV past. Uh, no, I didn't know that. Oh, well, this week, but... my uncle was on Bullseye. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, he what didn't, did he, he didn't did he... do very well, and there was a lot of cruel messages on Twitter about him. <laughs> Great. Yeah. A lot of Great people making sh- asking whether he kept the receipt for his dartboard, because he could probably get oh. money back at Argos. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you if you were if you were to go on a, on a any any game show, past or present, what would it be? Um, the Krypton Factor. Really? Yeah, I just missed that. I used to really enjoy that as a boy. Yeah, it is a strange one, the Krypton Factor. Such a weird mix of things, and like the the little sort of comedy sketch bits they do in it. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I need to be honest, David. The family WhatsApp chat has descended into chaos already, so I might just move <laughs> on. <from that. laughs> um, right. Uh, what? Who else tweeted us? Oh God, we're way off track. Married to who? Uh, we got a message from Rob Keeley, who I think is a first-time tweeter. Say hello, Dan. Oh, hello, Rob. Who says, along with whatever <coughs> happened to Sarah Jane, this is the highlight of the series. Clever and suspenseful, and a great revelation about Mr. Smith. And, of course, K-9 appears. Wonderful. 
spoilers. Mm. Yep. Um, okay. We then have a message from BT Flippity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Who says, for a second it looks like a paradigm shift episode because of Luke maybe being mind wiped. Turns out it's a paradigm shift episode because the alien computer is evil. There's also a canine uh, cameo. Spoilers. Yeah, my mum's watching Taskmaster, by the way. It must be a rerun on Dave. Ah, good choice, though. Yeah. Never get my mum watching Taskmaster. No. My mum's very much cut from the same cloth as Greg Davies. Yeah. Stern but fair. Right. The Cloister Bell boys say, I don't think we needed another Slitheen story, but losing Luke was a decent plot. And all this time, Mr. Smith was bad. Who knew? K-9's cameo was too brief. Not a bad story, but not one of the best. After your A to Z, your new segment should be Snog, Marry, Exterminate. We did that, didn't we? We went through all the doctors. I think we did once, yeah. I didn't I'm recall certain... that. Did we get... It was a wheelie big quiz. It was someone kept donating and asking that. Yes, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I feel like that we've 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 covered that as much as we need to at this point. Yeah, so if you want that cloister bell, give us fifty yeah. quid. <laughs> and it ain't going to charity, it's going on fish and chips and cheap lager. <laughs> right. The next message comes from Sonia, who says Hello, the Sonia. Slovene kid is very annoying. I like that they made it so Slovene aren't just fat people, but was annoyed by the size 8 joke, and now they're skinny and don't fart. Mr. Smith being the bad guy was an interest was interesting, and I can see enjoying it if I was a kid. Always good to see K9. Yes, I certainly agree with that last sentiment. And final message comes from James Swifty Swift. Say hello, David. Hi, James. James says, solid series finale. I remember watching it, feeling excited about the cliffhanger between the two episodes. I was about 12, so maybe was just a bit more excited back then. I think the story has some nice twists, though. All right, then. So, broadly positive. I'm, I'm going to put my money on James Swifty Swift yep. finding the question in the five-hour episode. Oh, Yeah. He's not a member yet, is he? No, but he's my horse. That's who I'm backing. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I I'd say worth worth uh, putting the time in, James. Yeah, yeah. He's the Could people. He's the people's choice. He's a fan yeah. favorite. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Do you know what? Right, Matt. If, it, if we get to Christmas and I'm feeling generous, I just give it to old Swifty. He's a good egg. <laughs> We'll see. All right. Um, okay, Matt. Hello. The Lost Boy, series finale of series one of the Sarah Jane Adventures. What did you reckon? Episode one, I would give good episode. Right. Episode two, I'd maybe give, I don't know, bad episode, some good bits. Episode one was really good. And maybe episode two isn't that bad. It just wasn't as good as episode one. Really? Yeah. I I think I liked this less than almost everyone 
like uh, certainly everyone who tweeted and less than you i really didn't enjoy this one wow i don't i i, I couldn't get into it um i i really struggled to suspend my disbelief with it I, I, and i've talked before how you know with with the doctor who universe everything requires a substantial suspension of disbelief in order for you to enjoy the episode but if you're not enjoying it to begin with it becomes very challenging sometimes to get over that hurdle of the initial suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. so i really had a hard time buying into this one from the off um and certainly by the time we got to midway through episode two i was just like oh, when is this over I, I I didn't have a good time with it. Are, are you I, able to, to say that one thing you really didn't like? Um, I didn't. I I I I was very disappointed that the Slothene were back. This people have said before. I I know this is an opinion that is commonly held that the Slothene. They maybe didn't work on Doctor Who, but they were perfect for Sarah Jane Adventures, and they, you know, they worked a treat in that context. I have not found that to be the case. I find them every bit as annoying in Sarah Jane Adventures as I did on uh, in Series One of Doctor Who. Um, so it, it's already got points against it for that. I also, in terms of the suspension of disbelief, I really, really struggled with how the whole missing boy element of the plot was handled in that it the, the particularly the way the police behave in it i'm just like this isn't set in england or possibly even on planet earth mm. like the the way it, the, the way it plays out i'm just like this wouldn't happen that you know not none of this would happen the way we are being told unexpected uh to believe it, it happened um and so right from the start I, i'm sort of struggling and i had other issues with it as we go but I, I i will try very hard to present my frustrations with this episode in a constructive way rather than just bashing it for the sake of bashing it which i don't like doing <laughs> but and maybe as we go through, you'll jog my memory and I'll remember bits actually maybe I did enjoy. But a, a, a few days out from having watched it, I'm struggling to remember anything other than the negative. So, wow. um, yeah, going into this, I, I would say straight up bad, bad episode. I didn't enjoy this one. Wow, so I, uh, I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, anyway, yeah, um, let's, let's get cracking, shall we? Right, so this is The Lost Boy from the 12th and the 19th of November 2007. It's written by Phil Ford and directed by Charles Martin. We open with Maria narrating the Slitheen story from earlier in the series to her dad, and he wants to know why she never told him. He wants to sell the house and move. Just get out of Dodge. Enough weird stuff yeah. going on around here. How, how would you react if he did? And the rest of the series was just like Maria with PTSD living in like a little suburb <laughs> somewhere. Oh, it would be an interesting creative choice. Yeah. 
I'd love it. Right. And the, the, as as uh, especially if as the 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 episodes wore on, it it got you more and more questioning whether any of the stuff actually did happen or whether it was all just a figment of her imagination. If there was nothing at any point in the sort of the second series yeah. that actually corroborated the existence of any of like some what sort we of saw in series Shutter one. Island scenario, and it turns yeah. out Maria's been in a mental home this whole time. Yeah, right. Uh, bit, bit dark for CBEC though, isn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. Sarah Jane and Luke looking a telescope. Uh, Maria enters, and Sarah Jane just immediately hugs her. I don't like their closeness. That it. I don't like it. It's inappropriate. Makes you a bit bit put off, does it? Yeah. So Maria yeah. says to Sarah Jane, "Help me convince my dad." But it's all right because Alan's just let himself in. Oh, everyone just lets themselves in just, in this show. Like, all the time. If I lived on Bannerman Road, I'd be <laughs> double bolting my doors. You know. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 he comes in and he's like, oh, I've had enough of all this adventuring. We're moving house, Maria. Enough is enough. And then Sarah Jane just goes, don't. And he goes, yeah, all right. I'll change my entire life plans. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've met breadsticks with more give than this man. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. It's honestly, I, uh, I going into this series, I found I thought he was quite a likable character, but I'm finding him more and more annoying. Well, it's because he yeah. has no. He's every character, yet no character. Like we discussed last week. <laughs> last week, yeah. he's a hip happening skater dude. This week, he's some sort of pro hacker. I don't think we've ever learnt that about him before. We've learnt that he works in IT. Yeah. That has been dropped in occasionally prior. But, uh, yeah, all right. So, so, yeah, so Sarah Jane tells him not to move and this woman he hates convinces him immediately. Um, yeah. On the news, there's a family discussing their missing son in a police press mm. conference and it's Luke. Now, this... Yeah. Interested me because I did think they were just going to yeah. retcon it and he wasn't just made in a bin. But it turns out that was. that was an interesting premise. And I think one of my frustrations with this episode is how quickly it does away with the dramatic potential of that premise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not even like, the grand reveal at the end of the episode, it's only in about five Yes. Exactly. I feel like that could have been that could have been a great mid-story cliffhanger. But instead, like within the space of ten minutes, we're like, oh great, no, they're evil aliens. What a surprise. Yeah. Uh Sarah Jane needs Mr. Smith. He needs to scan Luke, but Luke refuses. He's like, No, I know who I am. But Sarah Jane just insists. So she's inconsistent, isn't she? She's like, I'd do anything for you, Luke. Now get in the fucking computer. I mean, to be fair, it's absolutely the right call for Sarah Jane to be like, oh, no, maybe maybe I misinterpreted what happened with the Bane. Maybe Luke, maybe he's a copy or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, 
it's absolutely the responsible thing for her to at least try to investigate whether or not she has inadvertently stolen a child. Well, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping she got locked up. You know what I think of her. Right. Uh, so Luke actually is this boy. He is Ashley Stafford. Uh, mm. Maria's mum turns up just to rub it in a bit. Yeah. She's always good for what, that, what she? a what are they doing with her character? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've got to go somewhere with her. She can't... I, 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 I'm going to get so sick of her just just bungling in, assuming that, you know, having the, the dumbest, most negative take on whatever the situation is, being oblivious, and then, you know bumbling out of the story again which is what she seems to do every week yeah um i I really i need some development for her character or just get rid either's fine yeah Yeah. she is just there just to cause trouble but she's just she that's the thing she is just an irritant she is like but then, at the She's, same time, it, all all the time, Maria's like, oh, why can't my family get back together? And yeah. it, it's just, like, horrible. Yeah. I, I, it's just, like, I feel like... Do you remember, like, when you're watching the early series one of Doctor Who and Jackie Tyler, at first glance, it's just such an irritating character. But they take the time... They give a depth. You feel and understand where she's coming from. And by the end of it, you kind of love her as a character. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she's very human and very sympathetic and a very grounding presence across those four series. Um, but yeah, this, this woman is when, no We're Jackie not getting Tyler. that. No, no, not even close. Right. Um, but yeah. So, Sarah Jane uh, turns Luke over to the police, and Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Stafford come for him. They come to collect yeah. their son. So, this is the point where I'm like, I, I, I can't buy into this. Because what would happen in that situation is, you know, woman comes forward and says, oh, yes, I think I've, I've been looking after this missing child that's been missing for months, and... Um, you know, the parents are distraught about and I've got no connection to the parents and everything. Please just come and pick him up. What would happen there is that the the police would storm in. They would secure the child. They would um, uh, immediately whack a pair of handcuffs on Sarah Jane. Yeah, but like, what a good take use a, of for, the taxpayer's money to drive yeah. a police car all the way to pick Sarah Jane up, take her all the way yeah. to the police station just for a police officer to go, yeah, you're free to go. Yeah, and and and, and also they would keep the parents way, way out of it. You know, they would not be saying, oh, yeah, you you you, you come along, we're going to go and pick up your son now. You can take your own car, don't <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. And we'll t- and and you can just pick him up and take him straight home, like you're just picking him up from, uh, from football practice or whatever. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, and obviously, and we see it happen a bit, like the parents that, and we know obviously it's artifice, but 
but they're like kicking off in front of Sarah Jane. Like if if it was, you know, um, I'm, it's going to vary from individual to individual. But like a lot of parents would be half inclined to just straight up murder that person on sight for what they did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they are looking at the person that, as far as they're concerned, stole their child. Yeah. Um, so, that yeah, that is bizarre. And then, obviously, she's down at the station. Oh, oh and also, they, they she says to the police officer, can you give me a minute? And she goes and, like, t- puts her arm around Luke and has a little heart-to-heart. And the, and, the, and the policeman's just standing awkwardly in the doorway, letting yeah. them... Uh, it's like no, no. Yeah. They they would quite clearly say no. You can't have a minute. You are under arrest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, that really that did just really rub me up the wrong way because I can buy into alien plots till the cows come home, but if you're telling me this is a story set on Earth in England in the present day, then the police officers need to behave like British police officers in the present day and not just act in a way that's completely contrary to that in order to allow the elements of the story to progress in the direction you want them to progress in um, that's just bad writing yeah. Um, and yeah, wound me up anyway, okay. I've said my piece there uh, so yeah, Mr and Mrs Stafford hate Sarah Jane she gets arrested immediately. Yep. Uh, they go to Luke's new home at the Staffords, where they have photos of young Luke. Mm-hmm. So they welcome him in back and lock him in his bedroom, just push him upstairs, lock him away. And yep. they begin to contact someone to say they have him. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like I won't belabor it, but yeah, that again was a disappointing moment for him. I was like, Oh, so we've just immediately revealed that it is just an idea. like there was so much dramatic potential yeah. in that idea, and it's just it it squandered in an instant there. Also, um, sorry, oh, I am just ram- ranting, aren't I? Um, the the in that scene with the parents, the 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 bloke says that they've got Spurs tickets, yeah. and then you go into quote unquote Ashley's room. And it's bloody Chelsea stuff all over the walls. Now, I'm I'm not a football fan, but I'm pretty confident that Tottenham Hotspurs and Chelsea are different football clubs. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. David, I'm, I'm going to stop you there because they uh, yeah. he says, oh, we've got Spurs this weekend, and that means Chelsea would be playing Spurs this weekend. Ah, okay. All right. I I I will I will I will uh, rescind my last point. Yeah. No, but they. Uh, I I hate anything like that. I hate football talk in any program. Like uh, yeah. Doctor Who did it when they landed in Liverpool. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Just come on. Uh, oh, it's the beautiful game, though, Matt. It's the beautiful game. Yeah, but... we all love it, don't we? We're football mad, us Brits. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, like I like my football. I play football, but I'd cringe when people talk about it. Yeah, 
Like, I don't uh, know. For me, it, it, it is it is just that that unspoken assumption that everybody loves football. Like, I mean, oh god, World Cup season. When it's a World Cup year in the UK, and you just like you can't walk into a shop without being assaulted by football in every direction. I can't stand it. The only thing worse than football for that is, and I I I, I fall out with my friends because of this. Is uh, have you ever played fantasy football, David? No, I, I'll be honest. I don't even really understand the concept. Right. So basically, I'm presuming it's not just football with dwarves and orcs. No. So you basically pick a team of players, and if they score in the real world, you accumulate points and things like that. But the okay. worst thing is, like, I. I Stop doing it because I would go to the pub to watch the football, and as soon as someone scores, yeah. everyone just gets their phones out to check their own uh, private scores. So yeah, that's no. yeah, it's a bit boring. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Anyway, anyway, so we find out we don't know what they are, but we know that the uh, the parents are in fact evil aliens. Yes. Yeah. Um, so where are we up to? Sarah Jane decides she's going to distance herself from Maria. Yeah. About bloody time. <laughs> I, I don't mind being the one to say it, Sarah Jane. It's about time. Um, All right. Yeah. So Mr. Smith appears without being summoned and he has a lead on some Ooh. telekinesis. Uh, Luke's dad locks Luke in his room again and says he'll never see his friends again. Maria and Clyde talk and decide they're going to go find Luke, but Maria's caught immediately skiving at school, so Clyde goes alone. Sarah Jane arrives at the Faros Institute and sees a man move a ball with his mind. Okay, the, the, the guide at the Faros Institute, worst actor... In the history of the show so far, I I, I don't... like, uh, I, I it was it's a really I found it a really bad performance. She's like she's mugging to the camera and like em emphasizing the wrong words in a way that suggests that that she doesn't understand the script she's been given. Um, and to be fair, a lot of it is techno babble, and there is a there is an art to delivering techno babble in a convincing way. Um, but I, I again I was just like, oh no, this is I can't I can't buy into this. Uh -huh. And again, it's so stupid. Like you've got this this secret top secret institution, you know, being run by uh, this megalomaniacal child, um, developing secret technology. And the first investigative journalist that walks through the door is like, yes, let me give you a guided tour and reveal all our secrets. Um, very strange. Yeah. Yeah, so they have a little walk around and we see that it's yeah. run by a child genius called Nathan. Yeah. He is yeah. awful. Yes. Uh, Clyde... Uh, and also, the other thing that I didn't get with this is... Um, 
Mr. Smith says that it was established in the 80s or the 90s or something, mm. the Farris Institute. So maybe, I guess maybe this child kind of swanned in and started... Yeah, I think, don't they say that it but, used to be just like conspiracy theorists, but recently it's right. taken off? Maybe, maybe I missed a line of dialogue that made it more explicit that that's what, what had happened here. Right. Clyde visits Luke's family and Luke's mum is awful. So Luke starts banging on the window, but Clyde can't hear him. Clyde calls yeah. Maria and says, look, at Luke's last birthday, they bought him a skateboard, but he's rubbish on skateboards. We all know that. He's certainly no Alan. Um, so Clyde suspects something's going on. This yeah. time, Nathan... To be fair, it's not... It's not- it's not conclusive evidence, is it? Like, it'd be quite easy for someone to receive a skateboard for their birthday and be shit on the skateboard. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, Nathan then visits Luke's parents. And Mr. Smith needs Sarah Jane to steal the telekinesis headset from the Pharos Institute. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke breaks free, but he doesn't even get out the house. His family grab him. And we find out they're all Slitheen. Yeah. Nathan is Carl, the baby Slitheen. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I've got another nitpick, Matt. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad about this because I, I don't think I've said a single positive thing yet. <laughs> if we get to the end but... and you haven't said anything positive, I'll encourage you to. Okay. All right. Um, so, the the Slitheen child is played by a different actor because they're wearing a different skin suit yes. to when we last saw them. But as a result, he has a completely different voice. Yes. So, even when he is de-suited, the voice of the child Slitheen, which is the same creature that we've seen previously, sounds completely different to how it did in the previous story. That annoys me. I mean, again, I, it's the kind of thing where if I was enjoying the story, I'd probably let it slide. But in this instance, it just becomes another th thing on the gradually increasing pile of things that annoyed me about this episode. David, it's for children. You're overthinking it. I know I am. I know I am. Right. Uh, Clyde summons Mr. Smith to check a photo of Luke. And Mr. Smith says it's a fake photo because I faked it. I am the Psylocke. And he zaps Clyde. Mm. Okay, here we go. Positive thing. Good twist. Didn't see it coming. See, there we go. What did you make of that? I, I liked it. I liked it. I wondered if it was to yeah. do with that alien Sarah Jane shook hands with in a garden. Ah. I don't think we, we'd seen them again, to be honest. Yeah. No, I thought that I've placed a lot of importance in them in my mind and they've just <laughs> you know, never happened. No. Uh, but anyway, yeah. No, I thought that was genuinely... Uh, an interesting direction to go that I didn't see coming. 
Yeah, I like that. So that's the end of episode one. Yeah. Right. Episode two. Sarah Jane breaks into the Farrah Institute to steal the headset. The alarm goes off, but she sonics it. And there's just a guy yeah. on a dirt bike for some reason. Yeah, that was... I don't know. That was endearingly naff, I think. It's... I've said before, Doctor Who is not at its best when it's trying to do all-out action. Uh, that that goes double for Sarah Jane Adventures. They just don't have the budget for it. Yeah. Yeah, that, so, that would have been you know, something horrific in Doctor Who, but here, it's just like, die on dirt bike. <laughs> just, yeah, just buzzing around. Uh, all right, yeah. Okay. Clyde is now inside Mr. Smith. And Maria and Alan agree to go find Clyde. And they yeah. break and enter into the Slitheen house. We've got breaking and entering again this week. Yay. Yeah. And also, we haven't mentioned... Did we mention specifically that Clyde just grabs the key from under the flower pot to let himself into Sarah Jane's house? So... Yeah. It, they're all at it in this story. Yeah. They're all at it. They're all wrongings. Uh, yeah. So they enter the Slithing house and find a Slithing costume. Uh, Luke is currently captured and being transported by Nathan and the Slithing. Um, right, that bit wasn't very interesting. Clyde talks nope. to Mr. Smith, but Mr. Smith is summoned by Sarah Jane. Maria mm -hmm. tells Sarah Jane all about the Slithing super plan. And I don't really know what happened here. Nathan kills a man with a large kazoo. <laughs> like, this man goes, all right, yeah. Nathan, how's it going? And he just, like, goes... And it just kills him. Yeah. 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 Um, sure. Here's a sentence I didn't think I'd write this morning when I woke up. Clyde sends a brain email to Alan. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Oh, the um, weird choice on the, the, the sort of graphics for that, yeah. I feel like. Uh, you know, the sort of uh, red text on a, on, on, a, on a sort of inky cloud just makes it look like the computer's possessed by some kind of demonic force. Um... My notes are all over the place. Right. So was his story. Uh, Clyde brain emails Alan. Sarah Jane summons Mr. Smith, but he goes bad and tries to zap them all. And mm. Mr. Smith shuts Clyde down. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jane gives Mr. Smith's backstory. He's a crystal memory cell from Krakatoa. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke's telekinetic power could be sold as a weapon. The Slidane are trying to sap his brain. But he overloads the yeah. system and then goes, I've called it Professor X Mental. Just throwing yeah. everything. So the Slidane becomes incandescent with rage. Uh, yeah. Sarah Jane and Alan want to vinegar everyone. And Nathan yeah. grabs Maria. We find out Mr. Smith is the Zylocke. He's the person that the Slidane are kind of working with and dealing with. And he might have played Sarah Jane off against the, the against the Slavine as mm -hmm. Luke returns to Mr. Smith. Okay. Uh, 
Um, yeah. Luke's brain can destroy the Earth. <laughs> and Mr. Smith tells Luke to put the headset on or Clyde dies. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I get that they want to ramp up the stakes for a series finale. But the... One of the things that I was enjoying about Sarah Jane Adventures was it, it was kind of lower stakes. Yeah. And ending with someone telekinetically pulling the moon so it will crash into the earth is exactly the kind of overblown RTD uh, finale nonsense that I was hoping to get away from. Plus, the scaling when the moon moves is all wrong. Oh, yeah. It gets gets really close, or it gets really big but far away. It doesn't look right. Yeah. Like, no, it didn't work for me that little bit. Yeah, again, it just it's like it's the colour thing that they just they didn't have the budget for. Like the the RTD era Doctor Who gets away with this sort of stuff because they mostly because quite frankly because they can afford slightly better graphics and they can afford to have enough extras sort of standing on their doorsteps in a in an ordinary street pointing up and going, Oh no Um and you buy it. Mm-hmm. But oh, I, I don't know. I didn't buy it on this one. Yeah. Right. Um, Sarah Jane asks Alan to destroy Mr. Smith. The world's gone mad. Uh, Maria and Sarah Jane place far too much pressure on Alan to save the world. <laughs> and we find out that the Zylock are below the Earth's crust. They've been there for millions of years. Um you know, it's an alien race, they crash-landed, Mr. Smith's going to save them. But Mr. Smith shows mercy and spares Clyde, and whilst this is happening, Sarah Jane opens the safe in her attic. K-9 appears and starts blasting everyone, tries killing Mr. Smith. Here's another another moment where I can say something unambiguously positive. Lovely to see K9 back. Yeah, but only if Mr. Smith is dead and we get K9 in that role. But obviously, he just doesn't. Yeah, and that's disappointing to me. Like, it, he's, you know, he he's no sooner has he arrived than, he, than he's uh, going again. And uh, that is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely think I would have enjoyed this series a good 20% more if we just had canine in every episode totally agree totally agree so sarah Love jane little dog. tricks mr smith into saving the earth uh canine yep. blasts off away back to stop that black hole and mm-hmm. we find out that mr smith when he's been shut down he'll reboot with his new directive which is to save the world yeah and I guess going forward, we just kind of have to accept that uh, Mr. Smith's fine. And we yeah. can definitely trust everything he says. Maybe I'd install not an antivirus on him. <laughs> yeah, that would that would uh, be a good precaution, I'd say. Well, you know, they've got, they've got Alan on board now. He's an IT expert. I'm sure he can, yeah. 
you know, make sure that he's he, he runs all of uh, Mr. Smith's updates and and then at the end, stores the latest drivers. Maria's mum turns up, and Sarah Jane's like, "Come here, you, you rascal!" It's like she she tried to get you put in prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. It's just... Uh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. So... I'm, 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 I was disappointed with this one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was disappointed. But it hasn't curtailed my enthusiasm for seeing the rest of Sarah Jane Adventures. I think any show is allowed a wobbly first season. Do you know what I mean? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But at the same time, this had a wobbly pilot and they made loads of changes. And yeah. It just didn't. It's There were episodes where I thought thought like we were getting somewhere. There there were aspects of this that I genuinely unambiguously enjoyed. Um and yeah, I I don't I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I know there's stuff coming that I as a Doctor Who fan am excited to see. Um I won't say any more than that, but like um I think going forwards um potentially the series makes takes better advantage of the fact that it is set within the world of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And um I'm excited to see that. So, uh, yeah, but I'm going to have to wait a while because uh, we're going to pivot to Torchwood in the coming weeks. We are. Yeah. So, but before we get there, um, to be clear, we're not going to do a a series wrap-up for Sarah Jane Adventures, you know. I don't think there's enough to warrant that, to be honest. Um, But we'll probably do a wrap-up for the whole show. Yeah, when we've, when when we've, we've completed it. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are going to continue with uh, dipping into the into the classic Doctors. Um, we did Seventh Doctor last time. So, of course, uh, we need to return to the Eighth Doctor. Uh, I'm not watching that film again. I watched it for you. <laughs> I've watched it for Cloister Bell. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably... And you've read the novelisation. Yeah, it's next to me right now, filled with bloody post-it notes. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, that's a, that, that is the challenge with the, with the Eighth Doctor. We have uh, watched the movie. We've watched um, the uh, tie-in to the 50th anniversary. I'm blanking on it all of a sudden. I want to say uh, Night of the Doctor. Yeah, I that's believe the so, yeah. Yeah. So we, we've done that. So, the obvious choice, depending on who you ask, is um, uh, Big Finish. So, I think it is time for us to get stuck into some Eighth Doctor audio goodness. Now, there are a couple of choices to be made in terms of how we approached it. Whether we went with the earliest Eighth Doctor material namely um, the, the, the ones that they did with the main range, or whether we start with the ones uh, with the Lucy Miller companion, which were kind of like, I think they referred to as the Eighth Doctor Adventures, which sort of started a new chapter 
produced a little bit later. Some of them were actually produced for broadcast on uh, BBC Radio 7, as it was then, uh-huh. now known as 4 Extra. Um, and uh, But my instinct was, um, because I've heard more of it, and I know I enjoy the character, the, the companion character that goes with it, we're going to start with um, the first of uh, the Eighth Doctor audios, um, namely Storm Warning. I just think that in some ways it's it's interesting to hear, it, you know, what did McGann do straight away? You, you know, you'd had the, the, um, the TV movie, that amounted to nothing. A few years later, this offer comes in from Big Finish. Do you want to do some audio dramas? Great, let's see what you got. And... So I thought, let's just do the very first thing he recorded for Big Finish. Excellent. Uh, which is Storm Warning. And the other advantage of that is um, it is very cheap on the Big Finish website. I think it's generally, I don't think it ever, it, it costs more for download than two ninety nine. dollars uh-huh. uh, It is also available on Spotify. If you have a Spotify account. I don't think it would work with a free account because I think that, that you could only listen in shuffle mode. Yeah. So you would be listening to random scenes out of order, uh, which probably isn't a great way to go. But I, I'm very conscious of, for our main episodes, I don't want us to be covering uh, big finish stuff that is pricey. Yeah. Because I'm very aware that, you know, it's a big ask to expect our, our audience to shell out 30 quid for a box set or whatever. But um, hopefully, by hook or by crook, everyone who listens regularly to this podcast will be able to to uh, lend an ear to Storm Warning. And uh, you will join us next week when we discuss it. I'm really excited for this one, Matt. How, how do you feel about uh, doing an eighth Doctor how, how long is it? It's not short. <laughs> the, the, the one downside of the main range stuff is that um, they tended to go with the the format of a classic four-parter. So it's four 25-minute episodes. Ah, oh, that's not too bad. So it's about two hours all in. But to be fair, the first of the Eighth Doctor Audio's uh, Adventures range with Lucy Miller... Um, that's a two-parter, so that's two 45-minute episodes. So it's kind of much of a muchness in yeah. terms of which one we went with in terms of length. But I, um, for 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 various reasons, I I I I I erred on uh, storm warning, not least because I really can't wait for you to meet Charlie Pollard. Yeah. Who I I'll just say this up front, Matt, one of my favourite companions. Awesome. I love Charlie Pollard. So, um really excited about that next week Uh, so yeah do join us for that listeners but until then as always thank you ever so much for listening until next time cheerio bye now thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme. <laughs>